Welcome back to 2020 Did It To Me, the podcast that seeks to understand how our lives are changing since 2020. I'm your host, Brenna Chambliss. For my first season, I interviewed people around the world about how their individual lives have changed since 2020. In my second season, I'm going to be diving into some of the research that's digging into what's really changing since 2020 at a higher level, nationally, internationally, and globally. So we'll comb through data, studies, and research together to try to grasp how 2020 is impacting us today and beyond. Let's dive right in. So my parents get the AARP bulletin uh, newsletter, I guess you'd call it. And when I was talking about launching this podcast last year, an issue came out in March 2023 with the cover story by David Hotchman called Three Years Later, What We Learned from COVID, The Pandemic's Impact on Home, Family, Healthcare, Work, Technology, Community, Money, and More. Yes, that's a mouthful, but my mom gave me the issue, and I feel like it's a great snapshot of some of the biggest changes we've seen in the U.S. since the beginning of 2020. So today, I kind of wanted to walk through some of the biggest points shared in the article as we dive into a season that's really focused on going deeper in some of these areas and more to help us further understand how our lives are changing in the wake of 2020. So little caveat here up front, this is from the AARP newsletter. So the findings shared here are more geared toward older Americans, but it's one of the most comprehensive snapshots I have found, and I'll continue to share updated research as we go through the season. And I've got it right here in my hand, so look forward to hearing some paper flipping as we go through this conversation. The first section of this article hits health and well-being changes since 2020. So the first thing that it mentions up front is a really big statistic that is uh, pretty mind-boggling, actually. And it says that 94% of Americans 65 and older were fully vaccinated against COVID-19. And so, I mean, this is huge because the the death rates and the sicknesses were so much more serious for older adults. And so seeing that 94% vaccination rate, uh, I think that was just well beyond what anybody expected to see. So beyond that, like the health piece of it, Let's talk about psychology and how we dealt with the pandemic psychologically. So this article says that um, older Americans psychologically dealt with the pandemic better than younger Americans. And this could be partly due to their resilience, life experience, their resources. They kind of knew how to handle things like this. So along these lines, though, substance abuse for older adults has increased since 2020. And uh, alcohol-related deaths for adults over 65 reached record highs in 2020. And those deaths from opioids also trended up. So this is really concerning that substance abuse among older adults has increased since 2020. And at the same time, the article says that younger Americans still beat older Americans. So it's still pretty bad for those young folks, too. It does seem like 
younger folks are more likely to go for treatment than older folks. Um, so the article just highlights that older folks have they're a little less likely to go and seek out treatment for substance abuse. And last note here on health and well-being, this is no surprise, but telehealth has really skyrocketed since 2020. So in 2019, there were about 840,000 telehealth visits, and in 2020, that increased to 52.7 million telehealth visits. So, I mean, that is a huge increase, and even the way that we go to the doctor has been uh, shifting a little bit more into those urgent care and walking into some sort of pharmacy, uh, like a Walgreens, CVS, or Walmart. So the way that we go about getting our medical care these days has shifted more into that online space and into those more urgent care walk-in clinics uh, versus the the traditional you know brick and mortar walking in and going to the going to the doctor so I thought that was something that was very interesting and a little bit of a no surprise because we couldn't go to the doctor during 2020 anyway um, and it's just it's convenient to be able to call your doctor and get what you need online Okay, I lied. There's one more thing on health and wellness that I wanted to hit. According to this article, online fitness has really increased. Again, no surprise as we piggyback off of this, online telehealth has increased too. But it's saying that 50% of gym members said that they would not return to their gym. So even as things open, out with the old, out with going into the gym, and in with working out at home. And I have no idea. This is just a hunch of mine. Does this relate to the increase in Pelotons? Um, I mean, everyone seems to have a Peloton in their house. So are people still using those Pelotons that were purchased in 2020? TBD. The article doesn't tell me, but that is just my personal opinion. All right. So let's move on to the next section. Okay, next, let's talk about work and the economy. The article highlights, again, another more online shift in that online shopping has really just exploded. So since 2020, there has been such a focus on contactless delivery and people just not wanting to go to a store. So I thought it was interesting that it said, the article says word for word here, among those who never bought online before 2020, 40% were doing so within a month. So for older Americans, it was everyday items that we depended on the internet for. So getting those like toothpaste, thumbtacks, lunch. We were ordering things online at a scale we had never done before. And we'll get into this a little bit later, but supply chain has been really impacted because of this um, and just shipping confusion and difficulties due to the pandemic. So uh, that's a really big one. Online shopping has taken off. And then also there has been such an increase on working from home. So before the pandemic, 95% of commercial real estate in the U.S. was occupied and a lot of that was offices. And now it's below 50%. That's a huge decrease. So um, on top of that, yes, work from home has increased. And at the same time, 
One third of business travel is likely gone forever, says the article. So, I mean, that's good news for our carbon footprint. And it's just changing the way that we work. We're working more behind a screen and less in person, even as we are a couple years removed from the start of the pandemic. Moving into working more online, there's been a little bit more of blurred lines between work and life. So average after hours work has increased by 28%. And we also have to think about how we had the great resignation where roughly half of all workers began looking for other jobs. So the the way that we work has immensely shifted. And that that's something that I really want to dive into more as we go throughout this season, because I don't think that we can return to work the same after what we have lived through. So I think we're still getting used to it. And we're going to see some changes and shifts. And we've already seen people try to go back into the office and be met with some some pushback from employees. And also there are a, a great number of people who want to go back into the office. So we'll see what that continues to play out with. But I thought that these statistics were pretty, pretty mind boggling that 95% of commercial real estate in the US was occupied before 2020. And now it's below 50%. So we, uh, we are definitely moving away from in person and we are we are increasing this online work and connection space so another thing that the article highlights and again this was from early 2023 we're still seeing this in early 2024 mass layoffs particularly in tech and again there is some supply chain challenges that we're still seeing to this day as a ripple effect from beginning with covid so yes we saw an uptick in online shopping, but there are still a lot of layoffs happening. Um, We saw a lot last year. I believe it was toward the middle end of last year, and we're, we're already seeing some as we start 2024. So we'll see what the rest of 2024 has in store for layoffs, but that's really what the article highlights on changes in the work and the economy. So let's move on now to how family and community is shifting in the wake of 2020. So because everything shut down and people were forced to be in small spaces with each other or back at home with each other, 80% of people report having better relationships with family and kids since the pandemic. So this is partly because they were able to spend more quality time together with people who matter most to them. There was also a really interesting Pew Research Center study in 2021 that counted 59.7 million U.S. residents living in multi-generational homes. So this is four times the number that was reported in 1971, according to the article. So there were a lot of people who were not just, you know, living with their significant others, their partners, their kids, but also just throughout the generations in 2021. So that's that's pretty interesting that connection increased. And at the same time, we still do have a loneliness. Um, I believe they're calling it a loneliness epidemic. So loneliness has spiked. Uh, and this is this is not necessarily in this article. This is just me adding this here. But loneliness has still spiked, even though we are seeing people having better relationships with their families and kids since the pandemic. 
I thought this was really interesting. The article says people were predicting that divorce rates were going to skyrocket as a result of the pandemic. And actually, the rate dropped by 12% in 2020. So that that's just a, a little interesting tidbit for you that divorce wasn't necessarily what we thought it was going to be, how high it, we thought it was going to be. Back on this loneliness piece, especially for older Americans living alone, so people 50 and older, loneliness really did become uh, a real issue for those folks. And and then also you have to think about the, the children who were born around, the article says, 2016 and after. They were, they tended to be a little bit slower to develop because they weren't around other people and socialized as much as previously. So think about vocalizing and interacting verbally. That could also be attributed to caregiver stress, lack of exposure to the outside world, and an increase in screen time or mask wearing because we learn how to speak by watching other people move their mouths. All right, moving on, just a couple more sections here in this article, but let's talk about travel and leisure. So a lot of people had to push their weddings in 2020 and 2021 as COVID and shutdowns and restrictions were really impacting whether people could have weddings and what those looked like. So um, weddings, though, in 2022 really spiked because of that shutdown in 2020 and 2021. So another thing really taking off is our screen time. So the article says that the average time a U.S. adult spent looking at a screen each day increased 60 to 80 percent during the pandemic. So, I mean, you got to think about what we talked about already. Doctor's appointments moved on to- uh, moved online. What did we all do during the pandemic? We binge watched Tiger King and so many different things that we were all talking about because what else were we going to do? Also, work moved online. So we're spending a significantly increased amount of time online. And at the same time, travel has increased again. The article says after years of isolation, multi-generational travel is up 50%. So think about those cruises. They're back packed again. Uh, but people are really prioritizing travel these days after a couple years of not being able to. But then this is interesting, thinking about Hollywood and movies. I'm in the Atlanta area. It's the new Hollywood here. But according to this article, actually going to the movies is still down. I wonder if this has changed at all after uh, the release of Oppenheimer and Barbie last year. But movie going is still down, according to this article, and it's down 34 percent from pre-pandemic times. And on top of that, we still see hotels and restaurants with continued staff shortages. So that is something that has not changed since uh, 2020, but we're, we're still seeing that today. This wouldn't be an AARP newspaper without a section on retirement plans. So there are three points about retirement plans that I want to hit that the article highlights. But since 2020... 76% of Americans said their life priorities have changed due to the pandemic. And then 56% said that they were prioritizing retirement savings as a part of those changes. So retirement 
is something that people are focusing on in a different way right now. But at the same time, there's been such a tight labor market and inflation has been so high that there's a new term that's come about called unretiring, which is where uh, people either changed the age that they anticipate retiring or they have come out of retirement to work again. So there was a survey and 40% of respondents said that they were going to add three to five years to their expected retirement age. And then 35% added nearly a decade of expected work years. That's really interesting that there's been this increase of a, a focus on retirement, A, and then B, people are kicking out their expected retirement dates. And maybe this is due to inflation, but also people are expect they, they think that they need more than they originally planned for retirement. Okay, last section of this article is called Rethinking How We Think. And a couple of things that it pinpoints are fear of death and then happiness. And so it says fear of death has actually dropped and then happiness has increased. There was a survey and two out of three of the oldest adults who answered, oldest adults are 80 and older, said they are living their best life possible. And you can compare that with just one in five younger adults saying the same thing. So two in three people older, Two in three people older 80 say they're living their best life possible. And just one in five younger adults say that same thing. So there's a higher percentage of older people who feel like they're living their best life right now. And then younger people are still kind of struggling with that. So this is another interesting statistic that doesn't, it, it kind of checks out with what we've talked about so far and the changes in psychologically how we fared through the pandemic based on age. So the older you get, the less likely you fear death, according to this article and the studies that it highlights. And the last thing this article highlights is that there was a Pew Research Center study that surveyed people across 17 countries. And Americans were the most likely to say that their country was split along partisan, racial, and ethnic lines. So we've seen all of these changes since 2020, and we are seeing still a very divided politically um, and in thought country. This all comes up right as we are entering into an election year. So anyway, I just wanted to share what this article has highlighted about what is changing since 2020 as we kick off season two, where we're going to dive into more of these things. This is going to be a season that's really focused on sharing some of the data that we're learning about 2020 and how it's impacting our lives. And we're going to learn new things every step of the way. My purpose here is really to help us dive into the question, what has 2020 done to us? And I'd like us to try to understand this at a higher level than just at the individual scale. So we're looking at big trends and datas and shifts. And so I'll just highlight here, if you or somebody you know is working on research around 2020 and the changes that we are seeing since that year and everything that it threw at us, even beyond the pandemic, 
please reach out to me at info at 2020didittome.com and I would love to hear your ideas and connections and so I can set up some conversations for other episodes in this season. Thanks for listening and tuning in to this episode of season two focused on data and research about where we are today, a couple years removed from the pandemic and what has already shifted in our lives and what we might be able to expect in the years to come. So thank you for being here. Stick around for the rest of the season and we will share more soon. Again, the article that I went through today is from the AARP Bulletin from March 2023. It's by David Hotchman, and it's called Three Years In, How the Pandemic Has Changed Our Lives and How It Hasn't. If you enjoy 2020 Did It To Me, please take a quick moment to rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. This episode was researched, written, and produced by me, Brenna Chambliss. If you enjoy 2020 Did It To Me, please take a quick moment to rate and review this podcast wherever you're currently listening to it. This episode was researched, written, and produced by me, Brenna Chambliss. Sarah Duff created our cover art, and this music is by Winnie the Moog, and you can find a link to it in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time.